Greetings, traveler. Welcome aboard the crime machine. My name is Victoria, and I will be your pilot for today's mission. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, welcome to the holiday episode. I'm gonna, I realized last week I called it the Christmas extravaganza, and I did in all of the posts that I made about it, but I want this to be as inclusive as possible, so it's gonna be the holiday extravaganza however i will be talking about things that have to do with christmas a lot um how's everybody doing christmas is in like couple days that's weird what happened to any of the time this year i feel like it literally was like january february march april may june july august september october december there was no november there was barely even a December. It was like December 1st. Okay, now it's Christmas time. And then 2022 in about a week in some change. I'm a little stressed about that because we got the Optimus Prime variant. Please go if you can. Please go do your part. Get vaccinated. Get tested if you're traveling. Uh, Wear your mask when you're in out in public please do all of the things i want all of you guys to be safe and healthy and happy and i want your families to be safe and healthy and happy and the only way we can do that is if we all get our act together um anyways i will get off of my soapbox Uh, um so this is gonna be a bunch of just christmas i found a bunch of christmas crimes essentially which is what this episode's gonna be so i'm literally just gonna be reading articles and then we will discuss and by discuss i mean i will say things <laughs> um i'm excited some and actually not i thought most of the ones i was gonna find were gonna be from florida from what i can tell based on the what, what the websites are called a lot of these are not from florida some of them are uh, I don't rem- I didn't read any of the actual paragraphs for these. I picked these solely based on the title and that's it. And I also picked these a week ago, so I kind of forgot what I chose. So you're going to be just as surprised as I am. And then the second part of this episode is going to be a Q&A. Some of you guys left me some super cool questions and I'll just be answering a couple And we'll just have a little chat. And I have a feeling I'll probably be ranting about some things as well. Not in an aggressive way because I don't like aggression. But in a a hopefully educated way, I will be ranting about certain things that I don't like. Uh, So thank you if you submitted questions. Really appreciate it. One of you guys went ham on the questions and left like seven (laughs) so thank you uh and then at the very end stick around because i have a couple little thank yous that i would like to give out to some listeners and supporters of this show because this is going to be the last episode of 2021 thank god we made it through this godforsaken year (laughs) um so yeah i will not be doing an episode next week i'm gonna take the week off and then starting in january i will be going back to doing an episode every week thank god uh things will be a lot slower not super slow but things will chill out a little bit for me which means i can make more of these and i'm super excited because i always have a fun time researching and making this for you guys super cool so yeah So stick around till the very end and 
for some stuff <laughs> for some things so without further ado i think we will jump into our first article i have all these pulled i have so many tabs pulled up on my computer right now you guys it is ridiculous so if you hear some typey types uh that's my laptop so the first article says intruder enters ohio home decorates for christmas this is from CBS News, and this was written by Barry Leibowitz in 2011. So he... Okay, I'm going to guess what I think is going to happen. He broke into a home to decorate. Is it... Well, yeah, it's still a crime, Victoria, if you break into someone's home. I was going to say, is it is it still a crime if you break into someone's home and don't do anything malicious? Like, if you break into someone's home and clean it and then leave, is that still a crime? Yes, it is, because you still broke into somebody's house. But you, you, you evened out your conscience because you did something bad, but then you balanced it out with some good. So this says, Ohio, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas at one home in Dayton, Ohio suburbs, thanks to a man who police say broke in and started hanging up Yuletide decorations. <laughs> they also say the burglar who, oh, so we stole stuff. <laughs> it says the burglar who was already in the holiday spirit was high on basalts. Of course he was. Y'all remember, well, I, I think it was a big deal here because I live in Florida, but somebody in Miami that was on basalts and ate that guy's face and everyone was freaking out that zombies existed, but it was like, no, it's just drugs. Um, so Terry Trent, who was 44, was arrested and charged with burglary last week in Van, Vandalia, Vandalia, according to station, according to the station. Wow. Can't read. Uh, when an 11-year-old boy found the man sitting on the couch after he had done some Christmas decorating around the house. Well, that's thoughtful. He said, I'm going to get high on some salty salts and do a little Martha Stewart in this house. Vandalia police said that Trent entered through one of the home's back doors and made himself comfortable. Lighting candles on the coffee. Lighting candles on the coffee. Oh, I think they meant... Oh, coffee and kitchen tables. Again, cannot read. I needed to keep reading because I thought it just said lighting candles on coffee. No, it's coffee and kitchen tables. So he's covering all the tables with candles as well as having the television's volume on very loudly. <laughs> Trent had also hung a Christmas wreath on the back garage door. When discovering that Trent was watching television and playing with the boys things, the 11 year old boy called his mother who was next door at their neighbor's house. The mother told police that Trent attempted to be polite to the boy. He was arrested without incident, but police did find that he was carrying a pocket knife. And this is a quote. It said, he had said to him, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. I'll get my things and go. That's what he told the boy. Oh, he seems nice. One man who was working with Trent last week described him as a very caring person involved with the Boy Scouts and a local church program to help convict felons currently in prison. Well, guess what, sir? You're going to ha probably have to start using some of that rehabilitation you'd be giving other people on yourself because you finna get arrested. Uh, but he wasn't acting well that day. The man said describing Trent as mentally unstable. Police indicated that Trent, who was being held in Montgomery County Jail, has had a history of drug charges. Aw. Well, I hope he can get, in all seriousness, I hope he can get the drug thing under control because 
He sounds nice. Like, if he's nice on bath salts, can you imagine how nice this guy probably is without drugs? Okay, so, I mean, this this was, was it crazy? Yes, but he didn't, they didn't press charges because he was just hanging out. He, he was doing his thing. He was being Kris Kringle. So, I, that was a good way to start this. That was very positive. I mean, is it creepy? Yeah, don't break into people's houses. You could have, like, went to a park and decorated a tree, but he was just trying to get in the Christmas spirit. He wanted his neighbors to as well. It didn't say if he knew this boy. I don't think he did because I think they would have specified, but he did say that he works with Boy Scouts. So maybe he does know this boy. I don't know. Either way, still kind of creepy. Don't break into people's houses, even if it's to do nice things. However, I will take a ghost doing nice things I've always said I want a ghost that'll clean my house. Like, and I, I'll pay him in ghost dollars. All right, next story. Man arrested for telling kids there's no Santa. <laughs> okay. This is from Toronto Sun. Oh, so this is in Canada. Fun. Um, and this doesn't say who it was written by. It might at the end. But it's on the Toronto Sun and it happened in 2012. We're staying in the same time period with this. So it says, this is Kingston, Ontario. It says, apparently the Grinch may live in Kingston, Ontario. 24-year-old Kingston man was arrested during Saturday Santa Claus Parade after police received a complaint about a man walking along the parade route telling children that Santa Claus doesn't exist. A release from Kingston police said cops easily found the anti-Santa. He was described as having his hair formed to look like horns that were protruding from him. (laughs) He said Jim Carrey cosplay. (laughs) Officers located the man with the unique description at Princess Saint and McDonald Saint. Okay, so that's the street names. The man whose name was withheld. Don't be shy, Ontario. Give us the name. I want to know who this man is. <laughs> is being charged with causing a disturbance by being drunk in breach of probation. He's also facing the Liquor License Act offense of public intoxication. He was held overnight and attending a bail hearing Sunday. Okay. It still doesn't say who this was written by, so sorry I can't tell. Sorry. Whoever wrote this, good job. Uh... Oh, no, it says it right here. Duh, I'm an idiot. It says it in bold letters, but it's between bracket. It's set up weird. Ian McElpine. Cool. All right. Thanks, sir. Um, I mean, it's technically not a... I mean, I get that the crime was that he was being a public nuisance and that he was drunk off his Grinch self, but I, I mean... Mm, The whole idea of Santa is so perplexing to me because people make a huge deal. I'm not a parent, but, you know, there are people in my life who have children. uh, And I've worked with kids. I was a tutor and I taught at a summer camp for a summer. And people make such a big deal about not lying to children and being honest. But then when it comes to stuff like this, they're like, "Mm, we'll make an exception. We'll just, we'll just, we'll lie about that a man breaks into our home and leaves presents. So if you really think about the idea of Santa, it's absolutely terrifying. Because, uh, like, I stopped believing in Santa when I was, like, I think eight or nine. 
I was super young. I wasn't double digits yet. And it was all because my parents left a price tag on one of the things they bought me. Because they usually would rip them off and be like, Santa got this for you. But they left a tag on, I think, like a shirt or something. And I was like, oh, they bought this. Santa's a sham. Um, so, I, mm, I mean, maybe he shouldn't have dressed like the Grinch. Because it seems intentional when he did the hair thing. Because I was going to say maybe he just got drunk and was like walking around and said some out-of-pocket stuff to children about Santa. But when it got to the part about him purposely looking like the Grinch, I was like, okay, he went there to, to start trouble. So that sucks because they were just trying to have a parade and have a good time. And I do... I do like kids to believe in and have an imagination and things like that. I just don't really get the point of Santa because you're discrediting the parents' work. Like, the parents have to work to pay for your presents. So we're giving all the credit to this man that's not even real. If you're listening to this with your children in the car and they believe in Santa, then yes, Santa is 100% real. Don't listen to anything I just said. Uh, If you're not listening with children, then yeah, I don't really get the point. But I get it's like, I get, I get it, but I don't, you know. Okay, this next article is from NOLA.com. It was written by Heather Nolan. And it says, Slidell Snake, that's hard to say, Slidell Snake Thief Arrested. This also happened in 2012. What was going on in 2012? Well, that was when they thought the world was going to end. They made a movie about it and everything. Guess what? We're still here. Uh... (laughs) I don't... Oh, well, it'll probably tell us where this happened. Where is Slidell? Let me click it. It cannot be reached. Let me Google it. Put in some Google music. Slidell. Oh, it's in Louisiana. Okay, period. I want to go to Louisiana so bad. I want to go to New Orleans so bad. Okay, trying to get back to the article. Anyways, here we go. A Slido man accused of stealing three snakes and a cash register <laughs> from a local pet store is in jail on a simple burglary charge, but Slido police say more charges are expected to be filed. No duh. Donald Ligas Jr., 31, allegedly told police he stole the snakes as a Christmas present for his son. Oh, that's sweet. Slido police department daniel oh that's detective that's the not the abbreviation for department that's detective (laughs) daniel swuzenu it's s-e-u-z-e-n-e-a-u daniel s said in a news release uh that the owner of the Delta Pets 1370 corporate square called police wednesday after noticing the back door of the business had been pried open Detective S said the owner also noticed the cash register, a $600 ball python and two boa snakes were missing. Detective S said police searched the area and saw several nearby businesses had pry marks on the doors. Oh, so he was he was what's the thing when you steal stuff? Kleptomania. He was going on a little. So it wasn't just for the present. You also tried to rob other places, but you stopped on the way with running your robbery errands to get your kid a Christmas present. That's kind of sweet, but don't do that. They found an open door to a vacant building and a makeshift bed, three snakes, a jail ID card. The ID card had his name on. Okay, sir. 
Let's not leave our IDs where people can find it. Aggressive detective work was not required to determine that the three snakes were the same reptiles missing from Delta Pets, Detective S said. Detectives arrested Ligas Wednesday night, Detective S, and charged him with one count of simple burglary. Ligas recently was released from jail on burglary charges. Okay. Um. So. How much do snakes go for? <laughs> I like how that's what I took from this. It's like man tries to rob several places. Tries to hide out. Gets his son a Christmas present of a ball python. And what Victoria's brain decided to take from that was. Still like what we sell in snakes for. How much does a snake how much how much do how much do pet snakes sell for pet snakes typically cost around $75 or more okay a corn snake can go for $1000 what what's so special about them what do they look like hold up we're going on a google journey corn snake Oh, they're cute. They're like, oh, okay. Yeah, I pay $1,000 for that. I mean, I don't like snakes, so I wouldn't. But if I was into snakes, yeah. So this man not only, like, it's kind of cute that he got his kid a Christmas present. Not going to lie. But let's, first of all, let's not steal it. Second of all, shouldn't they have charged him with attempted robbery for trying to pry open a bunch of other places' doors? Why did he only get one charge? I know it says that they're probably going to get more. Because he only got a burglary charge. And also, they seem to care more about... I mean, yes, snakes are living things, so we should care about retrieving the living things and making sure they're safe. But they just skip over him stealing the cash register. Can you open a cash register if you don't have the pin? I don't think so. If you smash it enough times, you probably can. So, yeah, he was just doing some errands, checking him off the list. He's like, okay, so tried this store, couldn't get it open. Tried this store, couldn't get it open. Ooh, snake store, got it open. Might as well get little Billy a little present while I'm here and some cash. I hope he does get more charges because he really, he really said, I'm making tonight mine. We're going to try to rob several places. Robberies are so scary to me. The, the like, I don't, uh, I just don't like the idea of somebody breaking into anywhere, even if it's not your home, even if it's a business, like, it's just creepy. I was at a museum when I was in Dallas, like a month or so ago. And Dallas Museum of Art was beautiful. It was huge. There were so many areas. We got lost several times, but it was super fun. And I was like, this place would be cool at night. Like, do like a, like a movie. Like, you know, Night at the Museum. But instead of like everything coming to life, it's like you get lost in the museum. A horror movie would be great in a museum, especially one that big. But where was I going with this conversation? <laughs> Oh, yeah, breaking into things. Sorry. Um, yeah, so it just creeps me out like someone could break into your house and not, or just anywhere, and you go to open the shop the next morning and then you don't know someone's in there. 
it's like those stories where people find out that someone's been living in their attic because they're like, oh, food's going missing. And then they put in a camera and they find someone at night comes down and like eats their food. That stuff is horrifying. And also it says this guy was like living. Yeah, he had like a bet. He was like set up a little area, his little like campsite to to count his his wares to be like, what did we get tonight? So we go from one burglary story to another says prison not north pole for santa claus burglar y'all reporters be having so much fun with these articles sometimes it's from the seattle times and it was written by jennifer sullivan says the jury didn't buy it and on thursday even the judge found the story spun by the so-called santa claus burglar that he had become stuck in a chimney while trying to retrieve his backpack unbelievable that is in quotes but Sean Chanel, who is 23, all these people are so young. Go out to a club or do whatever normal 23-year-olds do. I'm not a good basis off of what a normal 23-year-old does because I sit and watch documentaries at home and walk around Barnes & Nobles all day. So, you know, I'm not a good baseline for what a normal 20 year old should act like anyway back to the story so sean chanel who's 23 didn't help his cause when he cursed at king county superior court judge helen halpert she has a long title as she prepared to sentence him for residential burglary then for reasons that eluded even his own attorney chanel asked the judge to sentence him to nearly two years in prison okay chanel what are we doing defense attorney suzanne pickering Picker? Yeah, I said that right. Yay. Sought a sentence of 15 months behind bars. She later said that she believes her client misspoke when he asked for a longer term. I hope so. Halper ultimately opted for a sentence between the two. 17 months, the same term recommended by Deputy Prosecutor Maurice Klassen. Halper also criticized Chan... Ch- I think it's Chanel. Chanel for his explanation of how he wound up stuck in the chimney of a Seward Park home for six hours, February 19th. <laughs> Seattle firefighters pulled a naked... He was naked? For what purpose? Oh, I guess to slide down the chimney better. Dude, just wear some... Get you a morph suit. Go to Party City. I know those things are a little pricey. But get you a morph suit. That's like wearing a second skin, but you ain't booty butt naked you you finna see some outlines but you won't be booty butt naked when the cops have to get you out of the chimney uh seattle firefighters pulled a naked chanel from the rough edge chimney oh god that must have hurt after a neighbor reported hearing someone yelling for help it's unclear why chanel was naked but it took medics 45 minutes to chisel away bricks from the chimney to free him police say chanel put a chair on a central air conditioning unit to get onto the roof His chimney predicament earned him the nickname the Santa Claus Burglar. During his statements to Seattle police, Chanel claimed that a friend had tossed his backpack into the covered chimney and that he was merely trying to retrieve it. Go knock on the door and ask the people in the house to give it to you. But police found the bag leaning against the garage door of the home. Okay, so that was a lie. Jurors deliberated for about an hour before finding Chanel guilty July 20th. Chanel's criminal history includes convictions for possession of a stolen vehicle and drug violations, according to charging documents. 
The documents say he had been released from jail on an unrelated possession of a stolen vehicle charge on December 25th. What year did this happen in? 2010. There was something in the air from 2010 to 2012 because that's where all of these are from. Uh, I have a feeling since they're 23-year-old men that his friend dared him and was like, I bet you can't climb down that chimney. I bet you can't. I don't think he was trying to steal nothing. Um... And then he got stuck and his friend booked. And then he was left to his own devices. And I mean, what else is there to say? He got he got what he deserved. He tried to go he again, tried to break into someone's house through a chimney. And all he got was 17 months in jail and probably a severely scratched pee pee. We have now come to our final article because, surprisingly, there aren't a whole lot of articles about weird Christmas crimes. A lot of them were just really upsetting and, like, sad, so I didn't want to bring you those, but 2010 to 2012 came in clutch for us with these. Is this one also? Oh, this one's from 2014. Okay, we can rage the, the, we can up the range. So this last one says, stolen statue of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer found on Gardenia Mobile Home. Sick. It's from KTLA. This is written by Kennedy Ryan and Steve K-U-Z-J. I'm not even going to try because I'm going to butcher it. So Steve K. This was 2014. It says, an iconic statue of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was found Monday. More than a week after it was stolen from the Rolling Hills Estates neighborhood where the handcrafted reindeer had been a holiday fixture for decades. Ooh, handcrafted. That's how you know it's from a rich neighborhood. Is they're like, my decorations are handcrafted, not store-bought. The 200-pound statue disappeared from atop a city sign in the Ranch View neighborhood on December 12th. On Monday, sheriff's deputies following up on the tip from a KTLA viewer located the wooden statue on... Oh, it's made out of wood? I thought it was, like, porcelain or something. That's upsetting. I just... I thought in my head I had a whole fancy thing for it. I mean, it's probably still cute. There's no photo. But from a KTLA viewer located the wooden statue on the roof of a mobile home in Gardenia. A man at... Oh, there is a picture. I'm stupid. Well, I'm not stupid. I told you I didn't read the article. I just picked him by the article. Oh, it's cute. It looks handcrafted. I don't know if that's a compliment or not. (laughs) Take that how you want it. A man at the home was arrested for possession of stolen property, according to Sergeant Mark Moffitt with the L.A. County Sheriff's Department. Moffitt said that the man was a gardener who worked in the area where the statue disappeared. He claimed to have found it and confirmed that it came from that area. Okay, she cute or whatever. She got a little light bulb nose. It kind of looks real cheap. Um, But it's made with love. So I'm not going to judge it too hard. It looks like a mailbox. I'll post photos on the Instagram. I don't think I like it anymore. <laughs> the more I look at it, the more I'm like, I don't think this is doing it for me. Oh, that's the end of the article. Okay. A 200-pound statue? Why is that 200 pounds? Okay. I mean, slay the scene that you got your... Slay, S-L-E-I-G-H, the scene. That you got your decoration back. Um, 
I mean, y'all do you. You know what I'm saying? It looks like a birdhouse, actually. It. The more that I'm staring at it, the more it's starting to look like a dog in the face with a light on its nose. It doesn't even look like a reindeer anymore. This looks like a straight up, like, greyhound. I gotta stop looking at this picture. I'm looking way too hard. My eyes are watering. <laughs> okay, well, I'm happy that they got the statue back. I mean, if it's handcrafted, couldn't you have just made another one? I like how I'm trying to take up for this man that stole something from his job. I'm not. Uh, don't steal things. Moral of this whole episode, let's not steal things and let people have their possessions. And don't try to break into people's houses or pet shops. That was fun. I think if you guys want me to do like a, a episode like maybe once a month where I just find like crazy crime articles and like read them to you guys or ones that you guys sent in, I would love to do that and maybe do it from like around the world and we can do themes and things like that. Because I live in the state where it's always crazy articles, so I will never run out of things to talk about from this crackhead state that I live in. Um, I could do specifically Florida ones if you guys want. I could do an episode once a month where I talk about crazy Florida things. And that would be fun, actually. Let me know if you want that. This is very... I started listening... I came up with the idea for this episode because I just started listening to this podcast called Bananas. And it's... Hold up. Let me, let me go on their Instagram because I need to get their names right. I don't... I can see their faces... But I don't want to get these dudes named wrong. They're on the Exactly Right Network. The same one that my favorite murder is on. Um, what are their names? Okay. Their names are... Well, that didn't help. Kurt Braunholer and Scotty Lands. They're comedians. And um, they've also worked on like TV shows and things like that. And they've done stand-up. They're very funny. But basically, the whole premise of the podcast is... They just read crazy news stories and they're not all crimes. It's like weird. Like one I posted on my Instagram story the other day is like somebody freaking put an ATM in the middle of a forest covered in snow. It was hysterical. So and the, it's just such a like a good and they have guests on sometimes and it's just a really good not it's just a, it's a chill time and it's it's a break from stressful things if you've had a stressful day it makes you smile and that the two hosts have really really great chemistry and they tell funny stories and so that's where I got the idea for this I'll link the podcast in the description for this one highly recommend that you check them out um but yeah so that's where I came up with this idea for today's episode and yeah I would love to start doing a Florida segment on here where we just do this once a month I, I wouldn't be opposed to that because this was really fun reading these articles and listening to people get caught in chimneys <laughs> okay now i'm gonna go into the questions that you guys sent this is a good little batch of questions we got going on here so i'm gonna start with Kristen, who's one of my best friends hi Kristen. thank you for sending in your question she says do you believe in fairies mermaids unicorns ghosts demons etc that's a very interesting question um Go okay. I'll take these one at a time. 
fairies, no. Mermaids, no. Unicorns, no. Ghosts, possibly. Demons is a possibly. And then everything else that falls under that category, like, like I don't know, minotaurs and things like that, I don't think are real. Um, I mean, I would love to live in a world where fairies and mermaids and unicorns are real, but I don't think humans could handle that. You know, they already are ruining the environment as it is. So I don't, I think they'd be extinct or they'd be taken for science and Tinkerbell would be trapped in like a, that was my foot on the chair, by the way, if you heard that noise, um, Tinkerbell would be taken and put in a test tube very fast because I know how the human race works. Um, I would like, I'm in the middle about ghosts because I, I know a lot of people in my life who said that they have seen ghosts and they're people who I like to think are not just spinning a yarn. Um, but there are also shows like Ghost Adventures with Zach Bilbo Baggins where it makes you not want to believe in ghosts because you're like, this whole thing is staged. I think it would be nice to know that ghosts are real because it would mean that you could talk to people who have passed on, which I think for people who maybe didn't get to say goodbye or have something they didn't get to tell somebody would be very beneficial. Or even just to be like, hey, relative, what's up? Hey, friend, what's up? Uh, But then with coming of ghosts, it also means there has to be demons. There also has to be a trade-off. There's a lot of demonic possession story. As I'm going to mention it, The Conjuring 3. <laughs> I do not like... Re- Let me just clarify because I know that there's been some stuff in the news about the real Ed Warren and that is disgusting. I do not like the real Ed and Lorraine. I will do a full episode on them as a couple in the future because I have a very a, lots of opinions on them, uh, especially because of all this new stuff that's come out. I like the Conjuring movies as an art form and as a film goer. And I like the actors, Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson, who play. I like fictional Ed and Lorraine in the movies. I do not like real Ed and Lorraine because I think they scammed a lot of people. Uh, But the (laughs) The Conjuring 3 has told me many times that if good things exist, also bad things have to exist. So if people believe that like spiritual things exist that are positive then I guess demons also have to exist and there's a lot of stories of demonic possessions of houses some that I've even covered on the show where I'm like there's no way that this isn't real because what else is causing all of this stuff because there's some stuff that can be explained by science and then there's some stuff where I'm like there's nothing that makes sense that made sense why this thing flew across the room there's nothing that makes this make sense other than demons and just because something can be explained with science doesn't mean that it's not necessarily a ghost still making it happen. It can still fall within the lines of physics and maybe it's a ghost making the physics happen, but we just don't have the technology to be able to detect that. So, yeah, mythical things like fairies and ghosts and mermaid not ghosts, fairies and mermaids and unicorns and stuff, I don't think are real, but ghosts and demons possibly. I'm going to, I swear to God, when the show has merch in the future, I'm going to make a shirt that says, have you watched the Conjuring movies? (laughs) Because I talk about it on like every episode. I'm so sorry. You're probably like, thank 
God there's not a new one coming out. Because if they make a fourth one, I will not be shutting up about it forever. But thank you, Kristen, for that lovely question. That got me thinking very hard. Thank you for that. And hopefully we can hang out soon because I miss you. (laughs) All right. These next questions come in from Katie. She came in hot with all these questions. One of the questions I'm not going to ask, but I will explain to her why I did not ask the question later because I don't think she saw the movie that she asked it about. But Katie came in hot on Facebook with these questions. So thank you. So the first one is, who would you rather fight, Krampus or Jack Frost? I'm assuming this is, I who do I think I could win a fight against? Or do I just have to fight them and not die? <laughs> um, I've never seen Jack Frost. I did look it up before I started this because I have all my questions in a list on a Word document. I mean, honestly, I think I have a better chance at fighting him if he because he's made out of snow so I mean I live in Florida so if we're fighting on my domain he's just gonna melt and then I could just like push all the water down a storm drain you know Krampus is on another level I have seen the Krampus movie it is not my favorite um the idea, we were talking about Krampus at my job the other day, because my one of my coworkers, Derek, who also asked a question on here, who I'll talk about later, he has a little Krampus thing on his bulletin board, and we got talking about it, and the original version of Krampus that I was aware of is that Krampus is the anti-Santa, and he takes children who are bad and puts them in a sack and then takes them to Spain and then beats said stack, stack, sack with a stick. Has anybody else heard this version or is that just me? Um, so he look he's like a de- he's a de- speaking of demons, he is a demon. He's a Christmas demon. He's real tall. He seems fast, honestly. I think Jack Frost is probably slow. Cause he don't got feet. He's a snowman, so I'ma fight Jack Frost. And I think if we're fighting in Florida, I could win easily. If we're fighting in another state where it snows and we're fighting in his territory, I'm still going to win because it's he's snow like he doesn't have protection. So I just got to get a shovel and start yeeting his his because snowmen are made out of what? Three parts. I've never seen snow in real life. (laughs) Uh Snowmen are like three, a big ball on the bottom, middle one, and then a small one for the head. So you just got to take a, take a shovel and start yeeting them snowballs into the, into the surrounding snow and then blend it in and then he's gone. But can he regenerate? I don't know the Jack Frost lore. How do you get rid of him? Do you have to like set him on fire? I mean, yeah, I could just bring a mat, like a match and just throw it at him and then he'd be dead. Or I could bring like... I don't know where I would acquire a fr- flamethrower, but I'm assuming if I'm fighting this snowman that can talk, I live in a world where it would be easy for me to get access to whatever I want. So yeah, I'm going to fight Jack Frost. I think I could burn him and he would just melt. Krampus is terrifying. Krampus reminds me of the Babadook. Him and the Babadook are in the same category for me. If you've never seen that movie, you should watch it, but just Google him. Google the Babadook and then go to images and tell me that that man does not look like Krampus's older weather brother that sells stuff on the black market. All right, question number two. It says, which cult would you have joined, been most likely to join? Um, 
I mean, when I think of cult, the first thing that comes to mind is Charles Manson's group, but I would not have been allowed in that group because I am black. Uh, I mean, there's Heaven's Gate, there's Jonestown, um, there's so many. I don't, here's the problem though, I'm very stubborn. I'm not when it comes to, like, hey, let's go here, let's, like, you should wear this, or, like, little stuff, I'm, I'm very just like, okay, I'll do this, because I don't want you to be mad at me, I'm working on it, um, but stuff that's, like, life-altering, like, joining an organization, or flying somewhere, or moving, or things like that, if I don't want to, I'm not gonna do it, (laughs) I'm very stubborn with big life decisions, so I honestly don't think I would have been, persuaded but that being said most people I found out the statistics that most people who are in cults are people with college educations who have like high paying jobs who you don't think on paper would be persuadable to get in a cult but turns out anybody can because people suck um greedy people suck not the people in the thing like the people who are running it that like sucker these people into it suck um I personally this is just a this is not a real cult but I think it's a cult PTA moms I think they're cults and the ones that I were at my elementary school were like their kids won everything even if it sucked like I did a pumpkin decorating contest one year and our pumpkin not gonna lie that is the best thing I've ever made because I'm not good at art with my hands I'm I can like play music and that's the extent of it um but we made a pumpkin and it was like layered. It was two pumpkins on top of each other. And it was Franny K. Stein, who was like a Dexter, like Dexter's laboratory, Dexter's laboratory. Um, it was like, her, it was like Dexter, but a girl. And it was a kid's book series. And she was like a creepy mad scientist with purple hair. It's really cute. If you have children, highly recommend those book series. I don't think they make them anymore, but you can probably buy them on like thrift books or something. Um, And we made her on a pumpkin and it was two pumpkins. The bottom was her body. And then we made arms out of like paper that were holding a test tube. And she was using her other arm to pour green liquid into it, like on the cover. And then the top pumpkin was her head. And we put like yarn for her pigtails and things like that. And then my grandma, I cheated a little bit, but they didn't say your parent couldn't help you. I was in like fourth grade. Um, she painted the face um, and it looked so good. We, I was so proud of us. We got third place and that was the only year I did the pumpkin decorating contest. So I was very proud of myself. However, the one that won, I'm not saying it wasn't good, but I'm saying that the girl who won second place's pumpkin was better than the girls who won first place. And the first place girl was the head of PTA's mom like the mom who was the head of the PTA was her daughter and her daughter was nice but it's just like that's my point it's like the PTA moms have it rigged to where their kids win everything or it's like they they make up days or like events so that they can give their kids a spotlight and there's something something like y'all hang and they all hung out with each other and they all drove the same cars and they all look the same they all look like their names were Cassandra and they meet at Whole Foods at 11 o'clock and I'll go shopping with each other no hate if you shop at Whole Foods I shop at Whole Foods but I'm saying that like they just I don't know they just give off a Karen vibe and there's a bunch of them so there's nothing that anybody can do to stop them and so 
It was just this whole other world that like none of us on the outside even knew what was going on. I'm sure there were layers to that PTA thing. So I think I'd be at the head of the PTA moms and I would rule the school. That is the cult that I would join. <laughs> she said, who killed John Bonet? That's a Christmas crime. I could have done that, but there's a bunch of YouTubers who I love who do true crime who covered John Bonet and for obvious reasons because it was around Christmas time. Uh... This is, of course, JonBenet Ramsey. I, I think we all know that, but just to make sure we're on the same page. Um, I personally think it was the brother. I think the two of them were having a snack of that pineapples and milk, which I've never tried that, but that sounds absolutely freaking disgusting. Um, and then ma I think she maybe took one of them and made him irritated, and she, he hit her on the head with the flashlight a little too hard and I think the parents covered it up for their other kid which would explain so many things it would explain why there was pineapple in her stomach before she died it would explain why that big heavy flashlight was a piece of evidence it would explain why the brother said that he stayed in his room in bed the whole time and didn't get up his parents probably told him to do that and then I think his, it would also explain why the crime scene looks so staged with the stupid note and the her being in a different location uh so yeah that's what I think however I do know that the brother is his legal team is very uh vigilant when it comes to people accusing him of said crime so if for some reason anybody on that team hears this I didn't say any of that didn't come out of my mouth. I think it was the Santa Claus guy that lived next door who was creepy. What about a brother? She didn't even have a brother. <laughs> Her next question is, who is your favorite mythical creature and why? I, when I think of mythical, I think of like what we talked about before, like mermaids and fairies and things like that. Um... But then I also am like, are cryptids considered mythical or are cryptids a subsector of a type of mythical creature? So I'm going to give you both. I'll give you my favorite cryptid and my favorite mythical creature. Uh, I like hippogriffs, those giant half bird, half horse things. I think those are cool as heck. Ever since I saw it in Harry Potter, Hagrid's hippogriff, I thought I was like, I want one of those. Uh... I don't know why it's my favorite. I think aesthetically it's just super cool looking to me. And the one in the movie seemed really nice. And I, I like the idea <laughs> of like a hat. Like I mentioned minotaurs earlier. But like centaurs. Like the, the guy in. Or is he a fawn? The guy in Narnia. Mr. Tumnus. The half man half uh, goat horse thing. Goat. I think goat. Yeah. I just like the idea of putting two, like, an amalgamation of, like, two animals together. I think it's really fascinating. They're like Pokemons. <laughs> and then my favorite cryptid is Mothman. I have a whole TikTok about why I love Mothman and why he would be husband material. And if you get it, you get it. And if you don't, you don't. <laughs> and then her last question is... Le oh, that was my shoulder just cracked. Oh, God. The bones of an 85-year-old woman. Uh, least favorite Christmas movie, in brackets she said, I don't like Elf. I could see that. It's very, I love it, because I think that movie's hysterical. I have seen it a million times, though, so it's not my first choice for a Christmas movie. 
Um, my least favorite is probably Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, specifically the claymation one. I don't mind. It's not the art style that does it for me. It's the actual story. So Rudolph, he's different. He got a little glowy nose. All the other reindeers are normal. Every one of them reindeers, Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, Blitzen, every single one of them fools hated him from the beginning. Even Santa didn't like him. Nobody in that little town was messing with him at all. They were like, you're different. We don't like you. The only one that did like him and was nice to him to a fault was his little girlfriend. I don't remember her name. What was it? Like, Rudina? What was her name? Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer girl girlfriend <laughs> oh her name is Clarice she like fava beans okay she cute or whatever I knew she had polka dots for some reason I thought she had a dress on she got nice eyelashes girl who did your lashes Ardell them Ardells um but yeah she has a little bow on I thought she had a polka dot dress but I knew what I was talking about I'm not stupid um she liked him to a fault uh, but everybody in that town was not messing with him all because of his nose. And then all of a sudden y'all got a problem. You can't see. So Santa's like, okay, you go to the front and we'll use your nose to light the way. Christmas is saved. And then now all of a sudden everyone likes him. He's not any different. He's the same Rudolph that he was when y'all was hating him. The only reason that y'all like him now is because he's Santa's favorite. So that's not teaching a lesson. That's saying that people are only going to like you if you're famous. That's a horrible lesson to teach people. And it's also telling people to only be nice to people if you have something to gain from them. And that's also not a good lesson. <laughs> Thank you, Katie, for those questions. Really appreciate it. Um, so now we will move on to Derek, which... He's been on this show before. He was on the Kilkenny Ireland episode, which is the second episode of this podcast. It's the furthest I have ever gone back in crime on this show. It was like in the 1200s or something, and we talked about a witch. So if you've not listened to that one, highly suggest you go back to it. We talk about dog poop in ye old Tinder in Ikea. So his question was, why are you so hot? But he spelled hot, H-A-W-T, so hot. Um, and then he said, no, but for real, what three books would you recommend to your audience? <laughs> Thank you for the question, Derek. Um, so to address the first part of that question, thank you for the compliment. I'm trying to get better at taking compliments. I don't really ever know what to do with them because with constructive criticism, I can take it and apply it and make whatever it is better. But with compliments, it's like, I don't know what to do with this. Do I store it in my mental bank for later like I don't know I don't know what to do with compliments um but thank you Derek your sweetheart um so what three books would you recommend to your audience I wrote them down because I would forget the author's names I can remember the titles just not the author's names so the first one I would like to recommend to you all lovely listeners is Fantastic Land which was written by Mike Bockoven he is a horror writer horror H-O-R-R-O-R. -R -R. <laughs> I say that the, it runs together in my head. Um, so this specific, he has two books that I love. This this one is 
the first one that I ever read from him. And then he has another one called Pack, which is fantastic that I'm in the middle of right now. Highly recommend that one as well. So Fantastic Land is about a theme park in Florida, a fictional theme park. This whole story is fictional. Um, and basically there's, it's a, ju- like it's, it's the size of like Disney World and the, each area has like different themes and lands. It's a little bit more lower budget to Disneyland, but it's on the same scale. So a massive hurricane is going to come because it's Florida. And so the people who run the park basically are like, we want the employees to stay in their areas to make sure that things don't break. So we want you to stay in the park during, during, oh, I can't breathe. (laughs) I'm talking so fast. Um, they want you to stay in the park during the hurricane so that they can keep the park on its feet also the management is kind of mean and it's corporate people they don't care about lives they care about their money so all the employees that work there stay there and the employees range from like 18 to like I think some of them were in their like 50s or 60s so but a lot of them are younger people it's mostly like younger early 20s late teens kids um and hurricane happens and basically the power in the internet gets shut off and these people are all stranded in this park together which is fine because it's a huge park and they have food and things like that however things start turning to mass chaos when they start forming little packs and groups and things become violent and it's survival of the fittest I'm not going to ruin it for you so please you can read it and discover it on your own but the way the book is set up is fascinating especially if you listen to the audiobook which is on audible not sponsored by audible but audible please sponsor me <laughs> um i listened to the audiobook first and then i love the audiobook so much that i recently just purchased the physical book because i do prefer physical books over audiobooks um but the audiobook is great because the people who tell the story do really good at the voice acting especially the woman because it's a one man and one woman and the woman plays all of the female parts and then the guy plays all the guy parts but the lady the way she shifts her voice is great uh but yeah the setup for the whole book it's told through police interviews of the people the employees of the park and also like tourists and also people that run the park so because they're all trying to figure out like what the heck happened so it's a fascinating way to write a book and to structure a book so each chapter is a different person telling you their side of things and like what they did when they worked there and like what happened while they were there and then the more people they interview like the more different sides of each person's story you start to see and how just absolutely insane things got for all of these people and it's just it's one of the most just out of the ordinary books I've read in a very very long time so yeah and he also I've started reading because he has Mike Bakov and he has a a blog where he writes short like horror stories on there too which I've been reading and it's slowly been getting my confidence up to release some of my short stories because I mainly only release my like blogs about my life which is much easier to write about but I don't really I have a horror short that I've been wanting to release for a minute now but I'm just too scared so reading his stuff has like boosted my confidence a little bit so yeah that one highly recommend his other book pack in the middle of right now and so far it's great highly recommend
Next one, Devil in the White City. I'm sure a lot of you have already read this one, but it is one of my favorite books. It's by Eric Larson, and it is a it's it's a nonfiction autobiography. I think I think that's the category. It's something, but it's basically H. H. Holmes, who was and I'm putting quotes around first serial killer. Uh, because we don't really know. I'm sure there were people killing before him, but he's like America's first big serial killer is what his title is. And he had his whole murder castle hotel built during the World's Fair. Uh, so the book is told, it switches between him and the guy that built the World's Fair, like the first ever World's Fair. And so it goes back and forth from this engineer man and then it'll switch. The next chapter will be H.H. H. Holmes, which is also another fascinating way to write a book to have different perspectives of the same event. But one is the person building the event and one is the person murdering at the event. So you're most likely into true crime if you're listening to this podcast. And if you're a history nerd like me, it combines two things. So you get some history out of it. A lot of early 1900 stuff. Um, and you also get you dose of true crime so and it's written very well eric larson has a lot of other books that i'm sure most of you have read by now but yeah if you haven't checked it out highly recommend and then this next one is definitely a young adult book slash i don't want to say children's book but it's like a yeah it's young adult so it's called miss peregrine's home for peculiar children it's by ransom riggs a couple years ago a tim burton movie came out about this book that was based on this book not a fan of that movie but i'll get to that in a second so basic premise of the book there's a kid named jonah or it might be jonas i haven't read it in a long time i read it in middle school for the first time uh but jonas he moves to this like area this like remote area with his grandfather and he basically figures out that he can go through a portal where these people called peculiars live. So it's basically people, children with special abilities and they get assigned to a wren, I think they're called, <laughs> which are these women who are these fancy Victorian women who have the ability to control time through a stopwatch and each of them turn into a different kind of bird. So Miss Peregrine is the one that Jonah goes to visit. Jonah or Jonas, don't remember. His name starts with a J though. Very generic boy name. Uh, and the basic like premise of like what the the women do is that they protect these children who society would not be able to protect so like olive is the little girl on the cover she can start she can levitate so she's like has to have these special metal boots on that keep her on the ground because she's so light so she's like five and then there's hold up let me google again have not read this book in a hot minute miss peregrine's home for peculiar children okay so there's emma who's the main girl who's about jacob's age it is jacob okay oh no i said jonas and jonah that's the giver victoria anyways you knew what i meant jacob but there's emma who can start fires with her hands she has firepower and then uh let me look up the character list for this, bro. Enoch, who he can bring people back to life. Uh, there's Fiona, who can make stuff grow. Um, there's Browen, who's a girl who's like eight, but she's super strong. And then there's Millard, who's invisible. There's Victor, who is Browen's twin brother, who is also super strong. 
Um, so yeah, all these kids, and then there's like these two twins that can't take their mask off because their eyes will like turn you into stone or something. It's very creepy. So they live in their own time loop. So that's why these women had these stopwatches. So every day they redo the same day every day. So they're in this safe little time loop where nothing can hurt them. So basically these creatures start coming in and they're like, we gonna eat the peculiars because we need them for powers or whatever. So Jacob has to help with that and then chaos ensues but the book is amazing it has a very Victorian old London feel to it uh there's old black and white photos real old black and white photos that are edited to look spooky so that are in the book at the end of every chapter which I like it's I'm really big on aesthetics for books like I know they say don't judge a book by its cover but if the cover is not aesthetically appealing to me I will not buy it uh so that this one caught my eye because it was like, ooh, there's a creepy ghost girl. And then I was like, okay, I love this. And I read all of them, love all of them. I don't like the movie. I know movies and books usually are a little bit different, but they made the kids' ages different and they also changed a lot of their powers, which doesn't make any sense. I'm not going to ruin the book for you, but it doesn't make sense why the main girl's powers were switched with somebody else because it takes away a very pivotal scene from the book that I was excited to see on camera that I could not see because she did not possess said powers anymore. Um, yeah, and some of the kids were just way too old. Like, they weren't even close. But, like, some of them were spot on. I was like, yes, okay, good job, good casting. And then some of them, like, why is she now 16 when she's supposed to be 5? What was the point of that? Because they're powers and the way they look kind of fit so it just didn't make I don't know I don't get it I don't get it and I don't like the movie it's I watched it once and was like we'll never be watching this again and I feel bad because I, I love that author and the person that directed it was Tim Burton who you guys know I like his movies don't really know how I feel about him as a person but that's a whole nother topic and subject I can get into it a whole nother time um but yeah, so I was excited because I was like, Tim Burton got it, but it doesn't even look like a Tim Burton movie. That's the problem. Like, I was excited because the whole book is in black and white. So I was like, oh, maybe he's going to do a Frankenweenie and make this movie in black and white. And then it's too colorful for a Tim Burton movie. I know Edward Scissorhands is quite colorful. And like a couple other movies of his, like Alice in Wonderland, the first one has a bunch of color in it. But this movie would have done so much better if it was in grayscale and if you kept the ages of the people accurately I don't under like it served no purpose it just made things more confusing and there's some changes especially with movies that got made from books that are huge hits like the Hunger Games there are some things I get because I'm like realistically not everything in the book is going to transfer to screen properly and not everything you have in the book is also going to be able to be included in an hour and like 30 minute movie because that would be too long that's why books get split into multiple movies um however comma I feel like it was just done just because there was no logical reasoning for it they were just like we feel like changing Emma and all his powers. Why? Not going to give you an explanation for it. We're just going to do it. Please explain to me why you did that. If somebody like listening to this is, was involved with that movie or wrote it, please explain. Because as a writer, I feel like the core people in my movie should stay the same. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like with Harry Potter, for the most part, 
the main three, the core three, stayed relatively the same energy as they were in the books, except for a couple things. Like, the Hunger Games, the main people were relatively the same. Even Twilight, even though it was ridiculous, it was still the same amount of ridiculous. But with this, it's just infuriating, so... But I recommend the book. <laughs> I love the books. And yeah, if, if and again, if you have young adults in your life, highly recommend getting these books for them for Christmas. They're very fun. Okay, and our la- thank you, Derek, for those questions. Appreciate you. And then our last question comes from Sarah. And she says, favorite Christmas movie and why? Well, I feel like to say Nightmare, but there's a plane going over. Um, <laughs> I feel like to say Nightmare Before Christmas would be a cop out because... One, there's a huge debate about whether or not it's a Halloween or a Christmas movie. I personally think you can watch it whenever you want. I even watch it when it's neither neither holiday. I just love that movie a lot. And also, Tim Burton didn't really have jack squat to do with that movie, turns out, which I'm kind of okay with. Uh, I have a, and for people who don't know me in real life, I have a big old Nightmare Before Christmas tattoo on my arm of um, shock lock and barrel. And it says, keep it creepy under it. Shout out to Shanna, my tattoo artist who did this. Thank you. Um, I'll post a picture on the Instagram if you guys want to see it. Uh, So I'm not going to say that movie because I feel like it's a cop out. As a kid, I really liked Polar Express. I don't know why because going back on it as an adult, I don't really like it. There's just something off about the animation style. I can't put my finger on it, but it just looks wonky. Uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, yeah, Kid Victoria liked Polar Express. I think just because I wanted a train to pick me up in the middle of the night and take me on an adventure. Oh, and I wanted that hot chocolate. That hot chocolate looked good as hell. Um, mm, Trying to think. This is the one question I didn't write an answer for. I mean, sorry, Katie. I do like Elf. (laughs) I think it's just because it's a classic. Let me look up Christmas movies. Christmas movies. Okay. Um, It's a Wonderful Life. Do not like that. Um, I do like... Jim Carrey's The Grinch. I do like I do not like the Grinch cartoon. It's so boring. It's so boring. Um I yeah, I do like the Jim Carrey The Grinch movie a lot actually. I did not like the animated one that recently came out. I swear I have things that I like, you guys. I just have a lot of opinions about things that I don't. Um I like Home Alone. I like the first Home Alone. That one's good. Yeah, I think I'm going to stick with The Grinch. That's my favorite. I like the Grinch a lot. I think Jim Carrey just went off with that character. And the whole... Like, that movie's budget must have been insane. Let's look that up. This is the research episode. The Grinch movie... Um, Jim Carrey... Budget... Oh... My God, that movie cost $123 million to make. There's no way. There's no way. There is absolutely no way that it cost that much. Okay, no, it was $75 million. Thank God. Google, why are you giving me the wrong answer? It was $75 million. That's a lot of money to make a movie. 
Jeez Louise. Wait, no, that's the animated one. Google, are you good? Okay, here's the right one. Okay, it was 123. Oh my god, that's insane. I can't even fathom that much money. Like, that's not a real amount of money, is it? Yeah, it is, Victoria, but that movie looks like it's worth 123. But I like that movie because it's weird. And I liked weird things as a kid. <laughs> Still do, just an adult now. Uh, but aesthetically, that movie's super cool. It somehow is scary and also funny at the same time. And yeah, J Jim Carrey went off. He slayed the scene. He knew what, he understood the assignment. And yeah, so that's my answer for that one. So that does it for all the questions for this episode. And now I saved the best for last, which is an article from the Miami Times that I, me and a friend found about a year ago. And this, can these pop-ups not be in my life right now? Thank you. Okay, this article was written by Kyle Mun Munzenreiter. Cool. In 2010, coming in with more 2010. This is my favorite Florida news story to this day that I have ever read. It is not Christmas themed, but I thought this I would gift you guys with this extra article because it's my favorite and I'm not even going to read the title for you. I'm just going to read you the article. It says, a Florida driver's license has been making the internet rounds because it accidentally lists the driver's address as eat ass. All right, continue. Yesterday, we saw the version with her face and information blurred out. Turns out, it's actually the license of Ashley, I'm not going to say her last name, but Ashley Blank of Inglewood. Inglewood is like a ritzy neighborhood in Florida, who received the license after requesting a renewal be sent to her. When she went to the DMV to notify them, of the mistake, she was told she'd have to pay for a new one and was greeted with laughter, but the state eventually agreed to give her a new one free of charge. I'm not kidding. The first time I heard that article, I laughed for a solid 10 minutes about that. Eat ass? That's not even... It starts with the same letter as Inglewood, but that's not even close. That was somebody's last day in the DMV, and they said, F it. We don't care. Eat ass street. Good God. And I can't believe they were going to make her pay for a new one. You put it, I'm glad they gave her a new one for free. But like, what do you mean? That's not my fault that someone on the job decided to type in eat ass as my address. <laughs> That's just such a funny saying too. I got to stop saying it, but it, it just makes me, this is my favorite so far out of all the years that I've lived here. That's my favorite article about this state that I've ever seen. And I'm glad now that you guys know what it is, too. Merry Christmas <laughs> and happy holidays. All right. So that's going to do it for this episode. The last episode of 2021. I started doing this show in August. Yeah. And we've gone on some crazy adventures. And I will definitely say that the second half of this year was made a thousand times better because of doing this show and getting to to make content for you guys every 
every well every week starting out and then every other week in december and then now we're going back to every other week which i'm very excited about so thank you so much for rocking with me this whole time thank you to anybody who's ever shared the show who has ever left me a very kind review on apple uh and spotify i just found out has ratings now so if you would like to give me a christmas present this year head over if you listen on spotify that is or on apple head over and leave a little rating for the show um tell a friend who enjoys podcast or true crime or history or just likes hearing a good story tell them about the show share it um you know word of mouth is the best way to get this out there and to everybody who's listened to this show so far, it means the world to me. I know I say it at the end of every episode, but I will never stop saying it. Uh, the fact that anybody wants to listen to me talk about stuff blows my mind. So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. This is such a great way to end this year, which has not been an easy one for me, but it is getting better. Uh, and yeah, I said I was going to give some shout outs. So shout outs to the patreons who have been rocking with me since the beginning of my patreon so we have anna marie who is a texas friend uh she is amazing she made a sick ass cake to quit her job which i've seen photos of and it's the most beautiful way to quit a job ever uh she's cool as hell i was very lucky enough to not on purpose, but I got sat behind her at the live show that I went to go see in Dallas for Sinisterhood. And that was like the perfect thing that could have happened because she turned around and was like, I love your show. And I was like, oh my God, it's you. <laughs> uh, and people usually don't get to meet their Patreons in person. So, and she was one of like the very first ones I ever got. So thank you so much. She gave me a wonderful gift bag as well which I'm, I love, and I ate all of that stuff and drank the stuff that you gave me very quickly, and it was delicious, and there was also some flowers in there, which I planted, and we're, and she watches my cake videos, and she is an extremely gifted baker, and we, I told her on Facebook, I was like, we gotta bake one day together, so next time I'm in Texas, girl, I'll hit you up, and we'll do some baking together, you could be on the channel. Um, so thank you so much for supporting me and Marie. And I said your name right this time. The first time I gave you the shout out, I said Maria because I'm stupid. Um, second is Kelsey. Thank you. Uh, I You're like the queen of Halloween. She Her Halloween costumes are so elaborate. They are art. You're so... My listeners are so talented. <laughs> Kelsey, you're the queen of Halloween and you always make me feel like I'm the best comedian in the world because you're very supportive of my comedic Instagram posts. So thank you for that. I really appreciate anytime you react to any of my stuff. Um, thank you. You were also one of my first ones. So I appreciate you rocking with me and supporting the show. It means the absolute world and your hair is amazing. She has purple hair. She's a queen and we love to stay in a queen on this podcast. So thank you. And then last one I would like to give a shout out to is Sarah. She was the one that asked the last question. Sarah, I also got to meet at the live show in Dallas. And she is like one of the coolest people I've ever met. She's a nanny. 
which is like I bow down to anybody who takes care of children for a living, whether it's at a daycare or as a teacher at a school or as a nanny like she is. Um, always love seeing your Facebook post, girl. I follow you on both Facebook and Instagram and your 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 stuff you post. You post a lot of cool recipes and you're yeah you're genuinely like one of the funniest people I've ever met you're so cool like I could only hope to be as cool as you one day so there's that (laughs) so thank you for for rocking with the show since the beginning I really appreciate it queen all three of y'all are queens and everybody watching this uh, watching you can't see me everybody listening to this is a queen So for the last time of 2021, have a great day, evening, or night whenever you're listening to this. And I will see you next crime. Bye-bye. And happy new year and happy holidays. (laughs) 